Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. It's immoral to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple mind, people, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready? Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome into the Around Sports Podcast. November 7th, 2017. Uh, your host, as always, Frank Arone here. It's uh, crazy. It's already into November. The NFL season's already across the halfway point. We only got a couple weeks of college football left already. Um, it's crazy how quick the time goes. We had the first snow last week. Uh, even though it's already gone, there's going to be gone the next day, but crazy. had a snow day in there already. The Wolves have won five straight. World's going crazy. What's uh, one thing we can always count on though is is heading out to Vegas and checking in with old Robert. How you doing there, Crabber? Yeah, not too bad. Like you said, a lot of sports coming around. I mean, it's kind of disappointing a little bit with the baseball being done now, but it's pretty good World Series and good playoffs all together. I'm not super into baseball. I you know, watch the Twins here and there, but definitely good uh, playoffs all together. I thought so. Can't complain there. Yeah, absolutely. That World Series is pretty exciting. Even though we jinxed the Astros uh, on last week's pod, they ended up coming back and winning it in Game 7, so that was not the most eventful Game 7, but still, as a whole, it was, it was pretty awesome, so that was good. And uh, I got my flight officially booked to come out there for Thanksgiving a couple weeks, so that'll be good to uh, have a little Roan Sports Thanksgiving out there in Vegas. Um, so anyway, let's uh, start how we usually do here at the beginning, do a little recap of Week 9. The Weekend Recap. So how did Week 9 in the NFL treat you? Um, Not very good altogether. I only had one release play officially and got hit by the hook there, which I'm really no one to blame it myself, getting a bad number. Released it at 3.5 with uh, that Tennessee-Baltimore game. I was on Tennessee, of course, and <laughs> little wacko flacco came back at the end and does what he does and garbage time and gets that cover there and i lost the game and i had three and a half even money myself in pocket so i lost myself but that game closed three across the board so we'll get that in our next segment but pretty frustrating i'm still kind of surprised that it went down really i don't know where the support was when you have a banged up flacco after concussion when he's kind of iffy uh, against that tennessee team so i'm like I said, a little shocked that the money came in there uh, before kickoff on him. I thought for sure it was going to go be going up. That's obviously why I released it. But I still like the play. It just didn't work out. But well, it seems like it's much has happened a lot here this year. Just uh, not not really producing results. And then uh, from a myself perspective on the weekend, I didn't do too well either. So not uh, not a good week and not one to remember. But hopefully we can move get some momentum moving forward. We really haven't had much going this year. So or at least I haven't. So. Yeah, I'm with you on that. <laughs> I thought it was just a, I mean, it was an awful week for me personally. And uh, my releases just across the board is one of those things where pretty much every team that is good and has looked good played played well, and almost all the teams that are covered. bad and you know haven't been bad played horribly. And basically, anybody who has briefly looked at Sports Center highlights over the course of the year would have crushed last week and. I thought I got some decent numbers and some decent decent situations, but none of them really panned out. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is a pretty rough week for me. The only bright spot was I got my my pick of the week home, so maybe I'm starting a little winning streak in there again. But other than that, it was it was pretty brutal. So, well, it's like even last week. I don't know. I mentioned on the pod, but we really didn't like much. I liked that Detroit game. It's about the only number that stood off the page when I went through my you know preliminary stuff and. We both didn't really overwhelmingly like anything. We had a few leans here and there, um, a few plays that we liked. But I, I kind of said, I don't know if I remember or not, but you know, that's why I said this seems kind of seems like a week where it's just going to be a bunch of blowouts with big teams and big favorites winning, which never really bodes well for us when we play underdogs more so than not. And 
I'm not going to be laying points, and I'm not going to be hoping for a weekend like that to happen, but I just kind of had that feeling. So I think, at least I know I did, I minimized the damage, but I, I know you kind of went a little crazy there. But not that you didn't have uh, you know good premises and, and good numbers behind it, more of the fact that it just didn't really work out. But I just kind of could smell something coming in, uh, last week, and I like I said, I think I minimized the damage as much as I could for myself personally. Yeah, it's funny because the one thing that I thought for sure last week was that Seattle was going to take care of a beat-up Washington team at home. Oh, exactly. I, yeah. ended up having, I didn't have any financial investment in that game at all, but that was the one thing, if you would have told me coming into the week, what's the one thing you can for sure count on? And every other favorite just blows the doors off their opponents, and then the one favorite that loses is uh, Seattle, which I just didn't expect at all. And money came in, on, you know, flooded in on Seattle, and that was pretty shocking to me just in general. Well, that's yeah, funny that you mentioned that because that was the one game that I felt pretty confident about a big favor winning uh, and probably even covering. I was almost going to bet it myself, but I didn't get to the window. And then end up, you know, when we were doing the podcast, it was seven, seven and a half, and ended up closing at nine and a half. And uh, I have a future on Seattle to win the division. So I, I didn't really like it that much, but they got the job done last week or the week, you know, the week before uh, last week. And then I figured, okay, well, I'm not going to take any Rams money now to, to win the division is to, to hedge off of it, but. They should be able to get the job done here, and the Rams even might have a little bit of trouble on the road there against the Giants. But that was obviously coming further from the truth, and they end up losing outright to Washington. And I thought in like a pretty easy situation for them that they should have no problem at all handling. But so that was clearly not good for my division uh, futures. Now I'm kind of have to bite the bullet and just roll with it with a pretty big bet on it. So it might not be too good of a look, but now I'm gonna be rooting for Seattle a lot of the way down the road. So I guess I'm stuck in the stuck in their bed. Yeah. Well, let's. Uh... You know, segue into uh, in the last week. I know there's a couple games here that we we talked about. Uh, you know, as they're happening uh, off the pod, but uh, which games this week uh, came into play in terms of the number? Getting the best of the number. Yeah, I had to throw that soundbite in there, but uh, yeah. So we had a few games. I kind of already mentioned that Baltimore, Tennessee. That game opened. It was kind of tough. Is obviously we had a few people out there uh, with the injured uh, injury to the quarterback with Flacco, so it wasn't. I don't know when that came up exactly. It was definitely later in the week after we did our podcast. But that game opened up around four, four and a half, and then closed at three. And of course, it landed right on three. So uh, you could have bet it early and had a winner, or if you would have bet it late, you would have at least got a push. So, um, and then the same thing goes for the total. Uh, open 43 and a half 43 and then it got bet down to 40 and a half or 41 depending on the shop and of course that landed on 43 both of them i don't necessarily think should have gotten there but you know at the end of the day all that matters is the score and and old flacco got that back door and got pushed it uh, over and um put got got this backdoor cover for his team so then the other game was oakland miami open two and a half um oakland side and then uh got pushed all the way up to Anywhere from three or three and a half, but I, I myself was on Miami at three and a half, and again, don't really necessarily think it should have got there. Uh, kind of lucky at the end to get there, but uh, I'm not complaining there. I got I've had enough tough luck this season, so I got the the hook there, winner. And then I know uh, old old Buttstick had the two and a half on Oakland. So we both had winners betting different teams. So if that's not a great example of getting the best of the number. I don't know what is when it lands on three like that. Yeah, you got a lot of Raiders backers that. Backed him at post at either three and got a push or three and a half and got a loss that are sitting there cursing their luck and you know, talking about how unlucky they are and you know what, what how, whatever how unfortunate of a beat that is and it's like well there's other Raiders backers who are going to catch a ticket so at some level you got to look in the mirror and and uh, you know do better in the future and uh, you know that's just the way it, way it goes so all right well uh, those those are another more good examples of, of uh, why the number's important. And how you should this should be one of your main goals is working on trying to read the markets and figure out when and how to get the best of the number. So let's, uh, without further ado, head on uh, head right into week ten. Uh, we got a Thursday night NFC West battle to start it off. The uh, aforementioned Seattle Seahawks head to Arizona take on Drew Stanton and the crew. Looks like Seattle's laying five and a half. I see some sixes on on the road here at Arizona. The total of forty one and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, uh, Seattle minus 4.5, the Westgate open, Seattle minus 6.5, and, and the Westgate look-ahead line was Seattle minus 7. Again, like we always do, we use the Westgate as our number and our baseline we are for the opener and then also the look-ahead lines, which were available to bet uh, the week before for this upcoming week. So 
Um, good indicator, good good to show you how much the market moves and everything, or one re one weak reaction, whether it's an overreaction, underreaction, what have you. Um, you know, this game here, like my power rating suggests, I'm kind of surprised it came in this high. I, like I said, had some money on Seattle on to win the division, and um, a little bit high on Seattle, but they had some troubles, and I don't like them as nearly as much as a, at home at on the road as I do at home. I mean, that's pretty obvious. Not really saying anything too out there, but. I'd have to look, the only way I could look here would be Arizona. Um, I don't really love it, but uh, it'd be an Arizona or pass for me, so if you can get a six, but don't, uh, like I said, Thursday night football, it'd be a little dicey. Uh, who knows with turnovers and everything, but the one thing that scares me away a little bit is I think Seattle's going to be more better prepared here, even even if they go on the road. I think Thursday night game, short week, they're going to have better preparation than Arizona will, uh, especially when you have Russell Wilson behind center as opposed to Drew Stanton. So I'd have to lean Arizona, but like I said, I don't know if I'll get to the window or not. Yeah, this number does seem a little bit high. Uh, when, when you're talking about getting a home division dog who's actually got life now at four and four, I think they are. Um, yeah. yeah, four and four. So, you know, if uh, if the Cardinals team is talking themselves in, thinking that Stanton can kind of write the ship, um, you know, maybe they still got a little bit of life. So it does seem like a lot of points. Although I'm just not a big Arizona believer. I'm not really a big Stanton believer. I think. Even though APs ran for over 100 yards twice now with Arizona, I'm still not an AP believer, really. I know he had like 37 carries or something ridiculous. <laughs> the I think most, it was most, most of his career was, last week. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's hard to imagine that can keep up, but you never know. You know. In the short term here, maybe they'll grind him for a few weeks and uh, get, kind of get a step-up effort from everybody else on the team and and uh, you know, keep it within this number. Uh, that being said, it I don't know. I just I don't really trust either team in this game a whole lot. So I think from a side end total perspective, and the fact that it's a Thursday nighter, um, I'm uh, I don't have a whole lot of interest in this one. But it will be kind of interesting to watch and see if there's anything you can kind of take out of this one. And then yeah, for your uh, you know Seattle division future bet, it'll be an interesting one to watch too because this is kind of a a pivotal game with the the Rams as we'll get to later. Looking like they're likely to win this week, so. This is uh, one that Seattle kind of needs here to stay competitive in the, in the NFC West, I think. Uh, now we head to the Sunday games. Looks like a pretty good one out of the shoot here. You got uh, the Vikings off a of bye, lane one, heading to Washington. Total of 42.5 or so. Yeah, my power rating here, Minnesota minus 1.5. The Westgate open, Minnesota minus 2. Westgate look ahead, Minnesota minus 1.5. Not a whole lot of movement here in this game. Um I know I'll be looking towards the Washington side if they can get healthy, but that's a big if. So, I mean, uh, I don't really – obviously, I think it was just a lot of things going right last week or more more things going wrong, I guess, for Seattle, specifically those three missed field goals that Seattle had that would have got them to win the game if they would have made, you know, one of them or would have at least changed the complexity of the game. Um, so, but like I said, I think those Washington injuries are huge and – still kind of waiting i don't really see anything on the injury report that would suggest that they're for sure playing or not playing so it's like i said i think it's kind of just a wait and see approach but that'd be the way i'm gonna be looking would be taking uh taking the points with washington but i'm probably not gonna be involved unless there's a huge dif uh, difference with the injury report or if it gets to three but most likely again i won't be involved with like like i said unless something huge happens yeah this is uh a game where you're it's like i i, I like the the vikings defense so much that in this you know, basically pick them range. It just feels like they're going to be undervalued in a marketplace and, and, you know, you, you kind of want to back them. But then I just get to the fact where if they happen to get down early, you got Case Keenum trying to throw his way back into the game. And I was, I was looking, I mean, the Vikings had that game in London against the Browns that I think was technically a road game. But other than that, their only true road game this year. Um, they had the Bears game on Monday night that they snuck out where Bradford played the first half and was, you know, kind of a mess. And then the other road game they've had is at the Steelers where Keenum got announced in like right before the game and didn't have any practice time. So, um, we don't really have any, it's pretty crazy how it's week 10 here. We don't really have any good evidence of, you know, how Case can handle a, a road start here. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think Washington is a pretty solid team. Um, that I don't, and the, the Marks really haven't swung that much in their favor after that, um, you know, pretty big win for them last week at, at Seattle. 
figure they might get a little bit more respect and the markets might kind of shift a little bit more than they have. But yeah, I think there's like a, a little bit of Washington money coming in here early, but uh, not a ton. So it'll be interesting to see where this number ends at. Um, like you said, with monitoring their injury report too, if the if it does get to a point where a couple of Washington's guys get healthy and the market shifts a ton, uh, I might be interested in taking Vikings at, at some plus money on the money line. Uh, but as of now, I'm probably going to just kind of wait and see what happens with this one and uh, see where it goes as the week progresses. Uh, next game is Green Bay, who couldn't have looked a whole lot worse last night on Monday night, uh, as my losing bet would uh, show, would uh, you know, illustrate. Heading to Chicago, the NFC North battle here. Chicago laying five at home. Wow. With a total of 38. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my power rating here, Chicago minus four. Westgate opened Chicago minus three before the Monday night game. Uh, look ahead line, Chicago minus two and a half. And like I said, this, these are the numbers before the Monday night game when I did a, do my numbers. And I kind of just put a little bit higher just because I had the, I obviously had a bet on Detroit, like I said, the week before and was rooting for Detroit last night and kind of expected a pretty flat Green Bay team, even though a lot of people I respected and I, you obviously too thought that McCarthy would get the team ready off the big, coming off the bye big divisional game. But like I said, I just don't have a whole lot of faith in McCarthy and, even Hunley, I'm just not super high on either. I just haven't liked what I've seen. So that's where I kind of anticipated that this kind of would happen. They kind of show a pretty bad performance there at home uh, on Sunday night, uh, Monday night. Wait, <laughs> yeah, Monday night. And, um, yeah, so that's obviously where the number's coming in now. It's a pretty big adjustment. It was, like I said, sitting at three pretty much across the board before kickoff and then after the game and the next morning or this morning here, they now posted at five. So pretty big adjustment to Green Bay, and I don't really have – I can't really argue with it a whole lot. I mean, I don't know how you can, after that, all that time there, now they're coming to go to Chicago on the road with another division game. I mean, I don't know. I don't really know how you can really back this Green Bay team right now. But at the same time, I'm not going to be laying points with Trubisky in Chicago uh, at home even with five points. I just can't do it. So don't need to belabor it much anymore, but I'm going to be passing this game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that Green Bay team just it basically looks unbettable. But then you look at this situation and you're like, jeepers, you know, you got Trubisky and who's going to throw the ball 10 times a game laying over a field goal. Uh, it's been a pretty decent Bears defense for the most part. The, just, you know, the, the offensive playmakers are just the kind of void of playmakers for the most part. Their running backs are okay, I guess. But I mean, it's just an, an, about as unexplosive an offense as you could possibly get. If it just seems like if one thing goes Green Bay's way this game, or they have one fluke turnover or whatever, it just seems like it's going to be nearly impossible for Chicago to cover that five. So uh, after I lost on Green Bay last week, and they couldn't have looked a whole lot worse and unprepared coming out of a bye with extra time to prepare. Um, and now that on a short week here and back-to-back division rival games, and what you know, who knows if they have this, the sense that maybe the year's slipping away from them without Rodgers in there. Like it's hard to imagine like they have a whole lot of faith in Hunley. It just seems like a somewhat of an unbackable team, but I think that's the only way I'd look here. <laughs> I might uh, I might be tempted to head back to the well again and throw my my Packer bucket down there and see if I can pick up some water this time. Uh, that's that just seems like a little bit of a high number to me. I, I I'd imagine there's going to be a little bit of a buyback here at some point this week on this, in, in my opinion. Uh, next game we got Pittsburgh at Indianapolis. Uh, Pittsburgh land 10, 10 and a half with a total of 44. Yeah, my power rating here, Pittsburgh minus 7.5. Westgate open, Pittsburgh minus 10. The look headline was Pittsburgh 10.5. Um, I don't know. I think it's just my, judge my power rating number even. I I think it's clearly this game's just too high. I don't know. I've been on Indy almost every week, it feels like, and they've covered a lot for me. So I feel like at some week they might be getting blown out here and not stay in a game, but I don't know if this is necessarily the game. I don't, especially with Pittsburgh. I mean, they're coming off a bye. I get it. Uh, they're one of the top teams in the NFL, but they're not. They don't really play well against teams that aren't very competitive or not very good on paper or whatever you want to call it. A, a bottom feeder, and that's obviously and they kind of play to their opponent. It seems like they can play up or down. Right, and uh, Andy's obviously a bottom feeder, and they're not uh, not not going where, but not going really anywhere. Or playoffs aspirations this year, but they've definitely impressed me. I think. I think Brissett's played pretty well, and. I don't know. Their defense is obviously pretty shaky, but I mean, I, like I said, there's a lot of points here, especially at home for a team that clearly hasn't given up. They're not giving up uh, 
on their coach or anything along those lines. That's something that's a huge red flag, especially coming around um, this time of year, which we'll probably talk about here in, in the games coming up. But I don't think this is a team that's given up, and I think they're trying. they got a decent quarterback. Uh, I think it's definitely worth a shot here getting getting the po- all these points here at home. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I like I like at Indy and the over. I think they're uh, you know pretty much just uh, kind of an over team. Like their their secondary is super shaky, but Ibrisett connected with Hilton there a couple times last game, and they only ended up scoring twenty points. But and then last game they went under, but I think that had a lot to do too with the fact that Watson was out and uh, Savage is in there and. Um, just kind of a weird game in general. So I, I feel like they're going to kind of get back on a little bit more of an over trajectory you know, going forward, even though the Pittsburgh defense is pretty solid in its own right. Um, I'd imagine they'd have a little bit of success, you know, maybe get it to 17, 20 points, and, and Pittsburgh will score 24, 27 themselves. And, uh, you know, I think there's a pretty good chance they can slide in this number, and I think there's a pretty chance this game can go over. So uh, that's kind of where I'll be looking on this one. Next game is the Chargers of Los Angeles uh, heading to Jacksonville. The shockingly confident Jacksonville Jaguars land four points at home with a total of 41. Yeah, my power rating here, Jacksonville minus four and a half. The opener, Jacksonville minus four and a half. And the look ahead was Jacksonville three and a half. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of right where it's, I expect it to sit. I think it's where it should be. I won't be super surprised to see a little bit of Chargers money come in, but... Um... You know they're coming off a bye as well, and they've looked decent, especially on the road. But I I don't really want any part of them. But I really don't want much part of Jacksonville laying points here with Bortles. I mean they I was on Jacksonville last week with a different play. Um, quite a bit of sharp money came in on them late, uh, and then there's a little bit of buyback on Cincinnati. But I think that was definitely the right side with Jacksonville. But I think a lot of that was just betting against that Cincy team against a capable, specifically a capable Jacksonville defense. So. You know, I think the Chargers will give them a little bit more of a fight, and especially with Rivers keeping it close. But I don't know. I think this number is kind of right where it should be. So if that's the case, I think you just kind of got to stay away and watch the game. Yeah, it's pretty interesting how um, I was driving home about an hour before the games last week and was scrolling through Twitter, and I saw that Fournette was going to be out. And so I was like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder what it's going to do to the line. And I went to, to check the lines. And, uh, you know, I was sitting right at whatever, five, five and a half point. Jacksonville favorite, and then all of a sudden it just shot up immediately once he got announced out to six, six and a half at some places. And I was like, ooh, that's kind of intriguing. I was was tempted to jump on Cincinnati at that price because I just don't think running backs are hardly worth, you know, even if someone as good as Fournette, I just don't think it's worth a point and a half. And I sat there and contemplated it, whether I wanted to jump on Cincinnati or not, and thankfully I didn't based on the final score. Um, but then it was funny because then another group came in and, and bought all that num- numbers back up and they moved it right back to the five where the market was at before the injury got announced. Wait, so, so you, wait, you, you meant it's five and a half, six, and it moved, moved down to four and a half, right? Is that what you're saying? No, I was sitting at five when I was starting to go home, and then I saw that the Fournette got announced out, and then it moved up to, no, wait, they got, what was it? No, I think it was. Cause it was Marco was sitting at five and a half, six, and somebody I respect. They said they got a, a lot of money on Cincinnati. One said he was renounced out, then it moved down to like four and a half, and then immediately another group bought it back up to back up to five and a half or six. That's what I heard. Yeah, yeah, maybe I, yeah, I must have flipped that around. But it, the, the main point of the story was all George W. Bush here. <laughs> you can't get fooled again. <laughs> no, yeah. The main point of the story was is the market. One one somebody bet the information that Fournette was out. And then another group came back and said, you know, that uh, that just isn't a legitimate enough factor to move this line a point, point and a half. So then they bought it right back to where it was pre-injury announcement. And uh, I, I ended up not getting involved in the game, thankfully. And it didn't really look like Jacksonville's offense missed a beat uh, without Fournette. You know, they had have Ivory in there and, and Yeldon kind of picking up the slack. And as good as Fournette is, just I don't just really don't think running backs are that meaningful. Well, it's kind of like, part. I think it's kind of a Rodgers situation at Green Bay. You know, he kind of covers up some stuff. I think Bortles is kind of the same way there. He can kind of just cover up the cracks. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. You know, you don't really have to give him a whole lot of weapons for him to produce. That's for sure. Um, you know, he's kind of been over overlooked with that shaky defense and, you know, keeping them afloat all these years. Um, that's another thing. Cowherd on his show was going on about how he thinks the running back's coming back, and he was talking about how, the Cowboys are probably going to be bad without Ezekiel now, and and you know, Le'Veon Bell's an MVP candidate, and Gurley's 
creating the Rams turnaround, and I was I just couldn't couldn't disagree more with his whole take across the board. It just seemed like a lot of stretches, and I think that Fournette, you know, the, I trust the betting markets more than a, a talking head, and I think that Fournette uh, injury last week was a pretty good example of that. So, um, in terms of this game, I agree with you. I, that's kind of why I went on that side note, uh, little tirade there, is because. Um, I think the uh, number is pretty much where it should be, and the Chargers team is like a team I like catching points with, but the Jacksonville defense is just so good that um, it's a pretty short number to feel comfortable that Philly can keep it in in that number. And then on the flip side, though, um, it's you know Jacksonville. It's just hard to lay more than a, a field goal with them with a whole lot of confidence because they have Bortles didn't really get asked to do a whole lot again last week, and uh, I just don't have any faith in him. So. Uh, from this game, for the most part, uh, I'll just uh, kind of stay away and see if the market goes crazy. If it got down to three somehow, I'd jump on Jacksonville for sure. And if it got up to about six, I'd probably jump on the Chargers. But I'm sure that's what the rest of the market's thinking as well. So I'm guessing I'll probably stay in here. And like you said, if anything, maybe get down to three and a half um, would be my guess. Uh, next game, <laughs> the, the New York football Jets going on the road and nearly laying a field goal. Looks like they're laying two and a half to this garbage Tampa team with total 41 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here is just to pick them. I don't really know where to make it. I wasn't really sure what the quarterback situation was at the time, and Westgate didn't have a line at the time when I did this either. Um, Look-ahead line was Tampa Bay minus four and a half, but um, looks like Fitzpatrick's going to be um, riding the helm Fitz here. It's magic. That's right. Um I don't know. Real quickly with this, I don't. I'm listening to one podcast with the uh, sports book director over at I think the Golden Nugget, and he said that the difference between Fitzpatrick um, and uh, I'm drawing a blank here. Winston. Winston. Yeah. Um, they said the difference there was like five or six points with the. Which way? Yeah, exactly. And I, <laughs> I, as soon as I heard that, I couldn't disagree more. I don't know if he's not watching the same games I am, but I mean, this is with the. And not don't get me wrong. Maybe if he was fully healthy, it might be closer to that, or maybe half that. But on a, when when you talk about a banged up Winston, I don't think he's. I don't think it's really much of a difference if at all with a, a Fitzpatrick that's healthy. I mean, he just clearly doesn't hasn't looked right in the last three or four weeks, uh, and that's Winston, of course, with his shoulder there. So I mean, I really don't know how you make this much different at all um, between the two quarterbacks if, if it all varies. He's actually watching Florida State highlights from a few years ago. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Um, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Now it's coming together, but no, that's for this game here. I don't know. Sitting at two and a half. I mean, I really don't like Fitzpatrick in the in Tampa Bay. I think there's a bunch of problems there, but I mean, where, where's the value at? You ask yourself. I mean, this line would be ridiculous if you was set at the start of the year. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what Cantor CGT, they have lines for every game before the season starts. And I don't know what this one is. I, I didn't look it up, but I would imagine it had to be somewhere in the what? touchdown plus range so yeah i would guess tampa laying about a touchdown would have been my guess yeah so i don't know that for sure so you don't quote me on it but i mean i'd have if i just had to take a shot in the dark there and obviously it's a huge adjustment and sure the jets have been impressive but um how, how many good games can they play and, and i don't but like i said i'd i lean tampa here but i just don't really trust the locker room i don't trust their coach i don't trust the quarterback and then with that many uncertainties i just you know, I have to pass the game as much as i think there is some value on tampa bay here and uh, you know, we got a note that I think Mike Evans is suspended for this game. Did you see that uh, fight that they got in uh, against the Saints? Yeah, I did. That's what uh, on my Snapchat, actually, my story I put on. Uh, it's pretty funny when uh, the Saints, they were complaining there, and <laughs> the coach was running out there, and then he had the, what do you call it, the, you know, the wire for his headset. <laughs> He's just following following around like a little, you know, little bitch is holding his wire for his headset to the cord so he can run out there and bitch at the referees. So that was pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty funny. Yeah, a little snap there if you didn't see it. Yeah, that was crazy to see just Evans come out of nowhere and just lay that guy out and how livid Sean Payton was. It was it's kind of a crazy deal in general. But, yeah, it's – I think – I don't think there's much of a downgrade at all, if any, from Winston to Fitzpatrick. But I'm also not ready to get on the – the Tampa bandwagon just because, like you alluded to, um, I just question whether they're even trying at this point. I don't know if they just quit on Cutter completely or what because last week they just didn't have, I mean, I was going to say they don't have a whole lot of fight in them, but I guess that's, they didn't have a whole lot of football in them. They had a little bit of fight in them. Um, you know, it's just, they just look like they're not even trying out there. The defense is, I know it's a bad unit, but there's a difference between bad and just going through the motions and it, felt to me a little bit like uh, they went from being just bad to going through the motions last week, and, and who knows if they're going to rebound. 
but in this price range where you're basically going to have to ask him to come out and win the game, even against a Jets team that's not anything spectacular themselves, I just uh, I lost money on Tampa Bay last week, and they're not a team I'm willing to put my money on again here anytime soon unless I see some drastic improvement uh, in terms of effort from them. Uh, next game, got Cincinnati at Tennessee. About as unsexy of a matchup as I could think of. <laughs> I guess pretty equal to the Baltimore-Tennessee game last week. Uh, looks like Tennessee is about a four-and-a-half point favorite at home with a total of 40 and a half. Yeah, it's funny you say that. That's one of my main points. You said the equally as you know, the Baltimore-Tennessee game last week. But uh, Tennessee minus three-and-a-half with my power rating. Westgate open Tennessee minus six. And the look headline is Tennessee minus five. So back to that point I was just about to make. Um, it, to me, this is like this is pretty much a replicate replicate game of, of last week. <laughs> Let's run it back. Yeah, I mean that's what I exactly what I thought when I'm going through my numbers here, and maybe a small small lean to Cincinnati, but I mean not much. And then the fact that that game closed at three, and then this and this game opened up at six, it's like that doesn't make sense to me. After Cincinnati came off a pretty awful performance against a team that's not even you know considered one of the most elite in the in the league in Jacksonville, so it's like and Tennessee didn't look dominating by any stretch of the imagination i mean especially with the final score i mean i think they definitely outplayed him and should have won more comfortably but just judging out the final score and what you know so like i said i'm kind of surprised it came in the number came in as high as it is but you know then again it's a cincy team that you got it back and just kind of like last week i didn't really want much of baltimore and i didn't really want much of cincy this week but given the extra points i mean the only way i'd look but now it's gotten bet down a little bit kind of like i expected so now there's no sixes available now sitting four and a half fives now it's getting a little bit better where it's more where i expect it to be so um, but if it gets back up in that six range, kind of like it did last week, um, or not, yeah, last week for Cincy, it gets bet up to six, I'll probably maybe take a six out of principle, and specifically if it gets any higher than that, but definitely a Cincy uh, or pass here for me. you have any idea, that, did A.J. Green get suspended for this game? Or? <laughs> no, he didn't. I don't. I think everyone was complaining, at least I didn't see him as suspended. I thought, oh, maybe they came back. Or no, no, never mind, it says he's probable to play. I don't... For as far as I know, I don't think he did, but I think people were kind of thought for sure he was going to, but I thought he wasn't, uh, isn't right at this point. Yeah, I guess I just uh, see a report here that says he's not suspended, but I don't know how he doesn't get suspended, but I know Evans probably deserved it too, but I mean, did you see the AJ Green fight? Yeah, I know. I thought it was round two with Mayweather and McGregor. <laughs> I wouldn't even know. I don't, it might have been chippier than that. Uh, <laughs> it was crazy to see him, like, run after him, tackle him to the ground, and start punching his helmet like a madman, which. Not only was shocking to see an NFL player, but especially AJ Green, who's I don't know, pretty mild mannered and doesn't talk a whole lot of trash. It was crazy. He just something. He just just flipped out. He flipped the switch there, and uh, I can't believe he's not suspended. That's that's nuts. No, I agree. Um, but anyway, yeah. I mean, as far as this game goes from a betting perspective, um, you know, we got backdoor Flacco last week against the Titans. Think we can get backdoor Dalty this week? I think that's probably what it's going to come down to. Is you're going to get this garbage Cincy team that will probably hang around and their defense will keep them somewhat close because Tennessee's not good at all. And uh, Tennessee will probably go up about 10 and he'll get Dalty with two minutes left to try to come through the back door. It's just a matter whether he gets it done or or Dalty's it up. And uh, I don't really have any interest in putting my money on that either either side of it. So, um, yeah, I'm no interest in this one. I don't really like either of these teams and um, no interest in really backing either of them at this price. But, yeah, like you said, if it gets up to like six or so, um, I'd probably have to jump out of Cincinnati out of, out of principle uh, for at least a little little nibble. Um, but at the current price range, um, it, maybe if it got down to three. It's another game kind of similar, I guess, to the uh, what was the other game, Jacksonville game. If, if I guess to three or six, I'd probably be interested in, in either side. But uh, at the current price range in between there, no, I'm good. Uh, and then uh, next game, New Orleans at Buffalo. Finally a a decent game here. It's kind of intriguing. Uh, looks like New Orleans is laying two and a half on the road with a total of forty-six and a half. Yeah, my power rating here is a pick'em uh, opener. New Orleans minus two and a half, and the look ahead, New Orleans minus two and a half. I was a little surprised by this one. I think it's a tad too high as well. Not a big Buffalo supporter, but you know they're coming off of extra rest after a pretty embarrassing loss. Not embarrassing, but definitely not not too good of a loss against their division foe and the Jets on Thursday night football there. So I think they're going to be ultra-motivated, and like I said, I'm not too high on them, but I think this New Orleans team has, hasn't had faced a whole lot of adversity, and, and they, especially they haven't really done much, specifically in the passing game, as much as you'd want to expect. So yeah, I get it, their defense is playing better, but I'm not completely sold in their defense and completely sold in this team because even at the start of the season, they were basically, you know, this is another Saints of 2016, but now the, you know, the sw- switch is supposedly flipped for them, but 
I think this is a show-up spot here for Buffalo, and I know it's a pretty tough spot to play that's a lot different than the Dome that New Orleans usually plays in. So, you know, Buffalo playing in a situation like that, it, it's a lot better. I think it's going to – the home field's even a, a bigger advantage to them than it normally is in this situation just for the team uh, matchup and then also the extra rest, like I said. So I think the value here is on Buffalo. I think to probably get it done here at home, So especially even get up to a three, which I won't be surprised at all the way New Orleans is rolling if the public bets us up to three. So definitely going to be a, a, a play to a pretty big play at three, and if not, I'll probably have a play on it uh, if it stays at where it's at now. Yeah, this is an interesting game. Uh, I bet against both these teams last week, and I think New Orleans has just got to be, you know, their bubble's got to burst here pretty soon, come back down to earth uh, at least somewhat. Uh, but it just hasn't really happened yet. Um, yeah, like you said, them outdoors on the road uh, historically has been a pretty horrible spot for them, especially land, land points. So um, it kind of your, your first look is definitely at the Buffalo side for me. I just it's hard for me to really trust trust their offense to put up a lot of points. Um, I think they're getting Clay back this week, which should help. I know I was listening to one thing that said he's 35% share of their offense when when he's healthy, which seems pretty crazy <laughs> for uh, you know one player specifically somebody as kind of undescript as Charles Clay from a tight end standpoint. But that's just kind of the Buffalo offense in general is it's not super explosive. But, uh, you know, maybe they get him back, and then you got Tyrod, you know, making some plays here and there. And if, if McCoy gets her going, maybe they can put up enough points to hold off New Orleans. I just don't know if I totally trust it when you're basically asking him to win the game for the most part. If he gets to three, um, I'll for sure, I think it's worthy of a bet to jump on Buffalo. The current price range, I'm not totally sure. I'd have to kind of think about it as the week goes on and see if, um, if, if it's worth it taking the home dog here or not. Another quick thing here in this game, I was going to ask you. I don't know if it's just random, or if there's something behind it. I don't. I really don't know. It seems. It seems like it probably is random. But Terry McCauley is the official. His crew for this game and his record here for the home. The home team is 55 and 80. That's a 40.7 percent minus 27 units for the home team. So I wonder if that has anything to it, any merit to it. I mean, obviously I'd say no. But at the same time, it's like that's a pretty big sample and. Maybe there is something behind it with the home crowd or something. He just doesn't like him or what? I don't know. He just loves playing the heel like he's in the WWE or something. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, it's kind of out there, but kind of something to, kind of something, a little food for thought that's kind of interesting. That's not the guy that has the grimace on his face every time. It looks like he's super pissed off, is it? No, no. He's the one that's uh, more even keeled look and kind of looks a lot so, more yeah. professional. You can look it up. that would him. make a little sense. Yeah, you can look, you can Google him up. You can pop right up. <laughs> No, I know what he looks like. I was just joking with the, oh, okay. the guy that always looks like he's super pissed off. Yeah, he's about like someone just killed his five-year-old daughter. <laughs> um, so, anyway, uh, yeah, no, that's that's an interesting something to monitor going forward and see that trend continues or if it kind of starts to regress back to the mean. Uh, next game is the last of the early games. we got Cleveland at Detroit. Detroit laying, I don't know, in the 12 range, 12 and a half, somewhere in there, the total of 43 and a half. Yeah, is that crazy? Uh, laying that much, but it's, it's, it's Cleveland. <laughs> um, power rating here, Cleveland. Uh, sorry, Detroit minus nine and a half. Westgate open Detroit. I was going to say, you might need to adjust your power ratings a few points. Oh, yeah. After that Monday night game, I had to adjust a little bit. <laughs> now, uh, power rating here, Detroit minus nine and a half. Westgate open Detroit minus nine and a half. And the look ahead, Detroit minus nine and a half. This was, of course, before the Monday night game. Um, I don't really adjust my power ratings much at all. Like I said, I, uh, kind of already, anticipated that game how it was how it went and then uh but yeah clearly the markets are adjusting here pretty big adjustment uh through through 10 and probably a little bit of money on detroit as well but i don't know i don't want to talk about this game a whole lot it's just another cleveland team and if it, i'll just maybe see if i want to get a best of the number and take like a 14 or something if it gets there or if it keeps getting bet up or maybe even think about it at 13 but right now i don't really you know, trust Cleveland and really know who's going to be quarterbacking, know where their motivation's at, and there's too many unknowns for me to, to bet on a team. But I'm obviously not going to be laying this amount of points with pretty much anybody, let alone a Detroit team. So I'll be passing. Yes, I mean, this goes back to the old saying, if you give Hugh Jackson a couple weeks to prepare, you better watch out. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's like, ah, just you want to grab the points so bad with Cleveland. It's like 13. I just don't trust Detroit at all to be laying this kind of price, but... Just goes back to the great equalizer being uh, this Cleveland team. You know, any, no matter how tempting something looks, or no matter how you know great of a spot it is, or no matter how much extra points of value there are, it's just 
they'll uh, continue to underwhelm. So I just don't know if it's going to be another deal where they're going to play their siren song and draw me in and and uh, not end up well, or if I'll uh, resist the urge and stay away this week. I'm not totally sure, but um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. It's just, if we got to a 14, I think I would. It would. I would. That'd be the point where I'd jump for sure, and they'd get me. But uh, at 13, I, I don't know. I I wouldn't be totally shocked if I ended up on them by the end of the week, but I'm also uh, not 100% confident I would be either, so I guess we'll have to wait and see on that game. Uh, so it looks like we got three late games this week. First one, I uh, got Macho Man Tommy Savage and the Houston Texans heading to L.A. to take on the Rams. Looks like L.A. is laying 11, 11.5 at home with a total of 46, 46 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, the Rams minus 7, Westgate open, Rams minus 10.5. Look ahead line was a Rams minus 3, but obviously we can throw that out the window. Different quarterback now, so can't really put much merit into that. But a little bit of uh, Rams money right away out at the gate. Um, yeah, it's just, it's uh, they've been they've been good. I don't know, they've been impressive. They've been blowing teams out and kind of a lot like this Philadelphia team. These two teams kind of, I mean, Rams probably more than the Eagles, but kind of came out of nowhere from the start of the season. At least from my from my perspective, I didn't really pin them at being at the top of the NFL or towards the top uh, at this point of the season. But they've been impressive, and you know, Goss been impressive. New coaching staff there's done pretty well. So I mean, but I mean, clearly the market's adjusting. You're laying a huge price here, but. I don't know. I don't. It's another kind of like last game. I probably less even last even less so than that Detroit Cleveland game. I'd you know, have to look at the Houston side, but who knows with this Savage and, and the Houston offense and now the defense is knowing that they kind of lost. You know their bubbles kind of been popped when they lost their star quarterback. So a small lean towards Houston if anything, but uh, most likely we staying away from this game as well with its big point spread. Yeah, I think if anything here, I'd almost lean to the Rams. Which wow, Frankie Chalk, huh? On- Based on my uh, track record of taking double-digit favorites, I think they just about lose outright every single time I jump on them. So maybe you want to hit the Houston money line there and take some free money. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to be on the Rams by any means because I think they're they're just priced so high. I just think they're well. I think they're a solid team, but I think they're a little overvalued. Um, people are talking about them as you know a, an actual title contender, and there's a good chance they'll make it to the NFC Championship game. I just don't think they're quite that good a team. Um, I think, you know, they've been rolling, uh, you know, really bad teams and putting up a ton of points, which you got to give them credit for. And, you know, they can only play who's on your schedule, but uh, just because they're putting up 50 spots against a Giants team that's quitting and, you know, 30 against the Cardinals team in London the other week. And I just, you got to give them some credit, but I think people are kind of giving them a little bit too much credit. Um, that being said, in this particular game, um, I just... Tom Savage just looks so bad. They, I mean, they, they only scored 14 points last week, and one of them, seven of those points were a gifted pick six by Brissett. Uh, they just didn't get anything going offensively. And um, I, in this one pool I'm in, I, I actually picked the Texans, even though I had my pick of the week last week at um, on Indy plus 13, which got there before the Watson injury. And then once the Watson injury came down, and it was all the way down to like six at one point, um, I figured like, oh, that seems maybe it's a slight overreaction. I know Watson's good, but I, I picked him in this pool even though it wasn't for much money at all. And uh, so I was kind of actually cheering to try to get a middle there and have Houston come back. And it was just painful rooting on Savage. I mean, he just it just couldn't look a whole lot worse. Uh, even though they have you know Fuller and Hopkins, and they have a decent amount of weapons, you know Lamar Miller and whatnot. Uh, you know, they should be able to at least be confident, but boy, it was, it was just rough to watch. So, uh, I just, you know, maybe, maybe it'll show something this week and it is a lot of points. So maybe you can keep it within the number, but this is just a Rams team that just seems to like to blow out bad teams and they, they definitely don't take their foot off the pedal if they're up. So, um, the only way I would look here is for the Rams to cover, but, uh, that being said, this isn't one of the spots that I'd necessarily going to get my money down on a double-digit favorite here in the NFL. Next game, got Dallas at Atlanta. It looks like there's already some Atlanta money early here. Um, Atlanta is about a three-point home favorite with a total of 50.5. Yeah, I don't know where you're seeing that. but Oh, I mean, I mean Dallas money. Yeah, okay. It's been coming down here. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yep. Um, power rating here, Atlanta minus 2.5. Westgate open, Atlanta minus 3.5. And, and look headline 3.5 as well. And 
like Frank just mentioned, uh, some some Dallas money coming in, uh, kind of like I expected. I thought this game should be at two and a half, and look like it's getting closer to that now. Um, I was a little late on my numbers this week. I um, didn't get them in on Sunday like I normally do, which that's about the only game that really cost me because if I would have saw three with the hook, three and a half, I would have taken Dallas. I think that's I don't know. I'm maybe a little bit I had higher. A little three and a half in my pocket already. Well, it just wasn't widely available necessarily. Oh, there you go. Yeah, take take it where you can get it because I like that a lot of three at the hook. But um, three, I like it a, a small lean, I think. But uh, now if it's sitting with three with extra juice, I just it's a no play for me. And I think this is a a must win almost for Atlanta after not not looking too good the last handful of weeks or almost all season really but their stats have still been good um for the most part uh, i saw something i don't know who it was that tweeted it or uh, had an article or something but their yards per play which is probably the one of the stats that the sharpest players will go off of day in day out for you know week to week judging off of what teams to bet on they're current currently they have the same yards per play that they did last year at this time or i think last year all season i think it was so um, pretty crazy to think that the those numbers are which are pretty indicative of how they you know how many points they be scoring how many points they should be scoring how the team should be doing from a success standpoint and clearly they're not doing as good as they did last year and a lot of that's just because they can't score in the red zone and just can't put points on the board but they're you know between the twenties they've been doing pretty well so be interested to see if they can break out of that shell or if there's something you know something wrong with the, just their the way they operate when it gets inside the red zone I'm, I'm not really sure but thought that was kind of an interesting little tidbit there but like I said um I, I like the Dallas side here a little bit but now you talk about this point I'd almost have to lean if it gets under three a flat you know two and a half I would almost lean more towards Atlanta at that point just having uh, having some faith that they kind of get it back on track in a game that they must win but you know, I think Dallas has been pretty frisky and uh, it'll be interesting to see it'll be, at least be a good game if nothing else yeah I've been pretty anti-Atlanta here most of the year but betting against them fairly frequently and uh, I just saw the three and a half. I just thought that was kind of craziness um, on Dallas side. But yeah, where's that now? I still slightly into Dallas, but you'd sure think Atlanta has come up with a good effort at some point, even even if it's not sustainable or they just have one kind of flash in the pan return success to last year. You think they'd have to have a, a pretty solid effort at some point. I, I, I don't know exactly when it's going to come, but it wouldn't shock me if it's you know this week or sometime here in the near future where they kind of put it together and their offense looks good again because <laughs> it just really hasn't done much. And they were, it looked like a, you know, halfway through the third quarter, they were pretty much dead and buried um, against uh, Carolina last week. And as a Carolina backer, I was, that was about the one game that was going right for me. And then they actually came back and the Carolina kind of went stagnant and they actually had made me sweat it a little bit. So you know, maybe they started to find a little something there late. I know Julio dropped that wide open touchdown. <laughs> it was, it was right in his hands at a pretty funny gif uh, that I retweeted a day where there was the Lombardi trophy instead of a football and he fumbled it away, uh, alluding to last year in the Super Bowl. You say but, gif? Uh, like, like, the, like the peanut butter? <laughs> yeah, gif, gif, I don't know. How do you pronounce the G, I suppose? Yeah, I've always said gif, but I, didn't, I, don't, I, never, I think gif just doesn't seem right. <laughs> <laughs> well, they each their own. I'll take, uh, I'll take gif minus one and a half. <laughs> um <laughs> See, I don't know. Uh, in this one, I guess I, I, I like my Dallas bet, but as you said, I'd almost be tempted to come back on Atlanta if it gets down below three, which I think there's a pretty decent chance it will based on how good Dallas has looked. I'm sure there's going to just be an avalanche of public money on Dallas. Um, and then, but as you said, there will probably be, there's been a lot of, there's a ton of sharp support last week for Atlanta against Carolina, and there will probably be um, some more sharp support, whether it be this week or going forward for Atlanta based on how good their yards per play is still. So, um, if it does get down below three, I'd be pretty tempted to come back even harder on Atlanta and, and hope they uh, put together a solid effort, a little bounce back effort, and uh, you know maybe win the game by three, and I could middle it both ways. Uh, the last of the late games is pretty good contest here. Looks like we got the Giants in New York laying one on the road uh, against San Francisco, total of 42 or so. Yeah, pretty crazy here. My power rating, San Francisco 1, Westgate Open, San Francisco 1, look at line was a Giants 1. I, I don't know. When, who, who do you want here? Pick your poison. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, Bether just looked phenomenally awful. <laughs> I don't even know if that didn't make sense, but just, just pretty awful. I don't know how else to put it. I mean, not that, I, I don't know. It, it, you can't really blame 100%, but he just really hasn't sparked at all and hasn't really shown any signs of anything, which 
it'll be interesting to see. Um, once Jimmy G gets in there, I don't know if he'll be this season or not to see how he performs. But And then with the, the Giants team, it kind of just looks like their defense quit. And if their defense quit, I mean, they really have no chance of, of anything. I mean, well, against this team maybe. But in a, in a standard game, they just have no, no chance without their defense being able to play really good football. So... It's kind of a little bit of a guessing game to me. I just really want to be involved. There's enough guesswork as as it is, so I'm just going to stay on the sidelines here and see which one of these uh, barn burners can can take it down. Let's uh, might as well make a bet on this game for a shot, huh? Next time I want to come out to Vegas, there the winner gets to uh, pick the shot of their choice for the loser. Yeah, not much of a drinker, but you know, I guess I can. I guess I can do this little mini game. You want the Giants or the Niners? Um, I. I gotta take the Niners. All right, <laughs> give me some Road Giants' shock, baby. Let's do it. Um, You're welcome. I I think I've been on the Niners almost about every week, and it's, the last couple have been pretty disappointing. We should have uh, just flipped a coin. It probably would have been <laughs> better. Yeah, let the coin decide. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't. Know if, I mean, the, I thought I was pretty tempted to jump on the Giants last week when it got up to six, figuring if they have any life at all, they should be able to at least keep her close at home against the Rams, and obviously that didn't play out, giving up third and 33s for touchdowns. And and then uh, I did actually jump on the, the Niners, and that was a disaster too. They were somewhat competitive, I guess, <laughs> would be a generous uh, you know, description of that game uh, against the Niner, or against the Cardinals team I'm not really a fan of. So uh, did, you, did you happen to see McAdoo's post-game conference when one of the reporters asked him what he said to him at the players at halftime? Yeah, I saw that. just sat there with the blank. He just looked like an absolute idiot. Yeah. I know. He kind of like put his hand up like he's about to say something. He's like, uh. He kind of looked around for 10 seconds, and then somebody else just asked a different question. Yeah, I think he was he's like, like, that doesn't inspire you to come out hard in the second half. I don't know what would. Yeah, looking at his, uh, you know, I don't even know the public relations guy or something in the back of the corner, like, can I, can I leave now? Or, yeah, I mean, he's what a disaster as a coach he is. So I, I don't know. I, I think if uh, you have some serious money involved in this game, based on someone who's backed both of these teams um, a fair amount here, when they're what one and nine and zero oh and nine or whatever they are, or one and ten, or one and eight and one and nine, whatever, oh and nine, whatever they are. Um, I know they got one win combined between them, and uh, it's week 10 now, so it's, it's not good. I think if you're seriously involved in this game, you might need to seek help, because this is uh, about as bad as it gets. Uh, then we got the Sunday night game. We got uh, flexed. I guess one good thing is at least that game got flexed out of the Sunday night roll, huh? I didn't see that. Um, what flexed? Uh, yeah, the, it was the Giants-Niners, I believe, it was a Sunday night game until it got flexed. Oh, really? I don't. I didn't know that. And now, uh, now it's New England Denver, which isn't a whole sure? lot better, sure but it's that? definitely a step up. Are you sure about that? I'm pretty sure that's what I heard multiple different people say it this week. But oh, because uh, I mean the maybe. line. I, I thought when it does that, like on my screen, the the games will be flipped. Like even I think a Pittsburgh game got moved or something earlier this year, where it was an afternoon game or something, and it would be screwed up on my screen. But this one, it's all in order. Like the. Yep, I remember exactly the game you're talking about because I went around it but uh, maybe not but that's what i think i think it did it a while ago so maybe it already oh, okay. put it out there i don't think they did it this week so i think it was already like predetermined a few weeks ago but i could be wrong i don't know um maybe i'm spreading fake news um so we got new england laying seven and a half here at denver with a total of 46 and a half yeah i put uh my power rating in new england minus four um i know it's gonna be low but westgate open new england minus seven look headline was new england minus five and a half um, I don't, I don't know how high can it get type of deal on the road here. It's just kind of a crazy number. It's just, uh, obviously I'll be leaning towards the, the Denver side. It's just a matter of, do you trust them to do anything? <laughs> do you trust Osweiler? I mean, the ostrich is just, I just so frustrating how bad he is. And, uh, I've been pretty good at avoiding Denver after I lost pretty with my big play a few weeks back. I've, I think I avoided him the last two weeks after that, but, um, it's just, I don't know. Like I had quite a bit of money on him last week, even not from myself, but from other people I follow, and just you know, I, I play the plays I get. But uh, it's another another spot where I mean, it screams Denver, but I just don't trust this team. And against a New England team coming off the bye on the road like this, uh, with a, a good you know coach and quarterback, it's just obviously that's what everybody's thinking. So you're not I'm not in the minority by any means, but it's just uh, I don't know with with Denver. What are, are they giving up, or that defense giving up, or what? I really don't know. And it's, 
like I said a few games ago, it's just I don't really want to guess if they're going to be trying or not, let alone are they going to be able to cover the spread. So I don't want to be laying it, and I don't really want to be taking it. So um, I probably have to pass here. I don't, I don't really know what's going to change my mind unless it gets way out of control, but even then I don't know if I want to be involved. Yeah, uh, so I looked it up. I guess there were people talking about them flexing the New England-Denver game out of that spot. Yeah, but I don't know right where right. I heard that it was the Giants Niners in there originally. So yeah, I guess uh, that was incorrect. But oh well, just wanted to old Frankie fake news there. Is that the Fronald? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should see my my tweet. I just tweeted out with a bunch of exclamation points too. So I might have to retract that, or you know, did, I guess did you in fit, true form just leave it. Did you fit into a single tweet? Now that's the character limit went up, or do you have to do one or two like Trump always does? No, I I had a. 276 exclamation points, so I barely got it in the new limit. There you go. Um, yeah, and this one, I can change your your mind on passing this game in one word. Teaser. Uh, I mean, is, is there any way New England loses this game? Like coming off a bye against the Ostrich? I'm sure you're going to be the only one in the world thinking that. <laughs> Based on last week, uh, obviously it doesn't uh, always lose if everyone in the world's thinking it and everyone's you know betting it. So, um I mean, this just, uh, I, you know, you can't, the books can't put it a whole lot higher and, you know, might get bet up a little bit. But, I mean, I understood why they opened it here. But it's just, it's just, I, I just can't even, I guess last week I was pretty confident Seattle was going to win and <laughs> that turned out not to be too accurate. But at least but they I had a good quarterback. I can't hardly imagine a scenario where New England loses this game. Yeah, I mean, at least Washington's got a good quarterback, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, just no offense and the defense that might have quit and New England coming off a bye when their defense might be figuring out a little bit. It just, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see, but, um, I, I'd be, I'm pretty tempted to tease this game up and down the board, to be honest. And, uh, if it, if it, Denver wins this game outright, I'll eat a lot of crow and <laughs> have to take out another mortgage on the house, but, um, I don't think that's going to be the case, so I'm uh, pretty heavy on. I don't think I could lay this price with New England because I just I hate laying over a touchdown with road teams. I don't know if I've hardly ever done that in my life, but uh, teasing them down just seems like a pretty good idea to me. So uh, that's kind of where I'm going to be looking on this one. Uh, Monday night game we got Miami at Carolina. Carolina laying uh, nine or so at home with a total of thirty nine and a half. Here's another game. Uh, my power rating, Carolina minus 6.5. The Westgate open, Carolina minus 8.5. Look ahead line, Carolina minus 9. I don't know. I think it's a little too high. I'm pretty low on Miami, about as low as you can be, but I'm not really too high on this Carolina team, especially if you're talking about covering a big spread like this when they really had nothing to go on offense. I mean, you have Cam evading the pocket and making some scramble yardage, but, I mean, they've really been very – uh, sub subpar you talk about from an impressive standpoint on offense so clearly the defense will keep him in the game or has been but obviously uh, even even Cutler I think looked you know a little had a little bit of something last week I think it looked better than more and uh, especially if he can get healthier and stuff too um, maybe he can play the underdog role like he's played pretty much his whole NFL career and kind of come up here in an underdog role uh, this week but I don't know. I uh, have to be lean, lean towards Miami, and hopefully this game keeps getting bet up. And if I can get it at 10, I'll, uh, I'll probably be for sure I'll be on Miami taking the double digits here on the road. Yeah, it is interesting how with quarterbacks, like Cutler's not somebody who I'm actively trying to back necessarily in games where I'm needing them to win. But he's absolutely on my like betting list of, t- of quarterbacks I want to bet with in price ranges like this where they can potentially get in the back door. Like, I, I have tons of faith that like him or you know obviously Flacco's done it a handful of times or Cousins or guys like that where if if you're giving them a bunch of points and they're down late I fully trust them to dink and dunk their way and score a cheap touchdown and maybe get you in the back door whereas someone like Dalton or you know Eli or a handful of quarterbacks like even if you give them that situation I just don't have any faith that they're going to do it. I guess Rivers is the ultimate goat at that. <laughs> how many how many times have we seen him come back and you know shot put his way down the field and score a cheap touchdown at the end to get a cheap back door? Um, so I think that definitely has to come into play here. I mean, obviously it's a little bit of recency bias seeing um, Cutler do it last week to to get a, a push and a win there for uh, Miami backers uh, last week against Oakland. But uh, I mean, the the more um, pertinent to this game is I just don't think Carolina's offense should be laying near 10 like hardly against anybody right now 
Uh, I was on them last week. I was on them the week before, and they ended up winning both games for me. But the, their offense just still just doesn't look great. Um, you know, I think they're going to get Olsen back here sometime soon, but I'm pretty sure it's not this week. And they got rid of Benjamin. But, yeah, the last couple of weeks they've scored 20, 17, 3, 23. Um, they just don't really have a whole lot going. So when you're talking about a game lined at 39.5 for a total, they're not expecting a whole lot of points. Carolina doesn't score a whole lot of points, but yet they're going to be laying 10 or near 10. That just seems like a, seems like a pretty tall ask. For uh, against Miami team is not good. I mean they're they're four and four, and that's probably pretty deceiving in its own right because I don't think they're you know even an average team necessarily. Um, they haven't looked impressive hardly at all. But I mean they're at least somewhat competent. They're not a Cleveland or they're not a a Houston with Savage where you know it, it's hard to really hard to to take double digits with them and feel good about it. Um, I think they're at least the next level up where you give me. 10 points, I I like Miami quite a bit here. I think that's pretty ridiculous. And whether they keep the game competitive and cover normally or whether you just have Cutler having a chance at the back door again, and I have a decent amount of confidence in that, I just think this uh, number's a little inflated, and I'm almost for sure going to be on Miami here, I think, this week. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because I'm seeing a little bit of support, just um, some indicators that uh, some sharp support on Carolina, which I don't know if I necessarily trust, especially this early in the week. But if that's the case, I think, again, that's a big if. It's hard to imagine that this won't be a correlated parlay with the uh, you know Carolina on the over if they did like Carolina because it's hard to imagine this game gets over. But yeah, anyway, we'll see what happens. Yeah, basically Miami they put up what fourteen points in order to like that's the max they can put up in order for the Carolina to win and have the game stay under. Like that just seems kind of crazy that you're saying I don't have any faith Miami can even put up fourteen. Uh, but yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, even though, so that's the uh, the end of the week ten card here. Um, one thing we I always usually mention at the beginning of the week, but I forgot uh, the buy teams. We got the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Eagles, and the Ravens. So um, that's uh, why you didn't hear any of those mentioned during that uh, during that segment. But anyway, let's uh, finish up the pod here like we do, and uh, we'll give out our picks of the week. The AS pick of the week. So last week I had Indy, which kind of has an asterisk on it because I was getting 13, but that was with Watson. And I think we released the pod Tuesday, and I think Wednesday the news broke that Watson tore his ACL, and then the line got taken off the board and uh, came back out at about 7. So uh, Indy won the game outright, so I get the win for it, but it feels a little dirty, so that gets me to 4-4-1 four, four, and one on the year. Um, I didn't even bet the play personally because I, there was some money coming in on Houston early last week, and I was hoping holding out for a potential 14 on Indy. So it's kind of more of a, a theoretical win than anything. It didn't really help me or um, anybody because I think I did suggest too that you know there's going to be Houston money coming, so there's no reason to lock in on Indy last week. But it is what it is. And well, then I, had you had Indy a, plus, I had Indy plus seven. So at least somebody made some money on that game. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, and then. You had a teaser with Philadelphia that was never in doubt, steamroll, and then uh, you had San Francisco up to what eight and a half? Yeah, eight and a half or nine, one of the two. Or yeah, eight and a half. Yeah. Okay, and then they ended up losing by ten to the Cardinals. So Beathard couldn't quite get in there deal. at the end. You know, down by ten, they couldn't quite get a backdoor cover there on the whatever it was five six yard line. They had four downs, couldn't quite do it. Yeah, Beathard isn't on the uh, isn't on the list of the quarterbacks I trust in my. My backdoor quarterback rankings. Yeah, you can't stop betting him hard, I guess, huh? <laughs> um, so anyway, that drops you to, I don't know, something horrific on the year. I, I don't know what it is. Yeah, um, two and, so, I'll pull it up uh, so we can keep a record of it. I'm 2-7 uh, and seven now. Uh, whopping 2-7 and seven on the year. All right, so you're 2-7. and seven. I'm 4-4-1. Four, four and one. Let's, uh, let's play. I got the tee box. Um... Let's see. I don't know exactly where I want to go. That's a little recency there, but to talk about the Miami kind of got me a little fired up for the back cutty again. <laughs> um, but I think I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to ride my guys again. It seems like I'm on them just about every week. Uh, but you know, back to back plays of the week. I think I'm gonna take Indy to get in the ten at home against Pittsburgh, and there's definitely some ten and a halfs out there too, um, and maybe will be more throughout the week if you uh, want to pay a little bit extra juice. That's bold. That's uh, kind of what I was looking at, but 
have to go to uh, Plan B. Or hopefully, I don't have to go to Plan B in reality. But no, yeah, let's see. What do I want to do here? I'm going to probably, I guess I'll just have to go with... Yeah, just another 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 time where it's, I don't want to put my money on a team that's just <laughs> hoping that they play hard. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take Buffalo at home. Uh, two and a half, pretty widely available. Like I said, kind of like Frank said last week, I I won't be surprised at all. It's kind of already indicated. Some indicator books look like they're popping up to uh, uh you know three. They're on their way to three. So like I said, I think wait until kickoff or closer to kickoff on the weekend. I'm sure you'll be able to get a three on this game, and I'll probably have it released as a play as well. But just for pick of the week, uh. Just you know, just for that, for the game itself, it's just gonna be Buffalo plus two and a half. All right, so you got Buffalo two and a half. I got Indy plus ten, and uh, hopefully we can get on a little roll here in the, the second half of the season. We we'll get these picks of the week back in the belt, back in the black here. So that'll do it for the week ten NFL podcast. You don't have any uh, concluding thoughts, do you, there, Crabber? No, but I think I agree with you. We got to get rolling with these picks of the week. And uh, yeah, get back on 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 track, and we'll uh, hopefully we can do it here this week, and hopefully we can turn it around from a picks perspective as well, and you know have a better week than we have in the past few weeks. So just gotta stick it out. Oh boy, is that sound absurd? You sprung that one on me. I wasn't even expecting that. That's uh, that's brilliant. I was trying to get so. to you, uh, waiting for another rolling from you, but then I uh, went to my different the different sound clips. So I uh, lost it, so I had to go back and re up it. <laughs> A little soundbite roulette there. I like it. I have so, to add a few more as the weeks come on here. Definitely. Might as well uh, incorporate them into the, the repertoire here on the old Roan Sports Pod. So thank everybody for listening. Hopefully everyone survived that uh, Week 9 massacre. And uh, best of luck to everybody here in Week 10. And me and Rob will be back next week to break it all down. Thank you for listening to the Aron Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.